Hey everyone, James here. Uh, normally we have an opening bit in this spot, but uh, instead, I just want to quickly apologize for some of the audio issues you're going to hear on this podcast. Uh, one of them was a a big old brain fart on my end, and the other was something I thought Zencaster would be able to correct, but it looks like the problem was not Chrissy's mic's end. So, unfortunately, we caught these too late to get them truly corrected, but that's what it is. Still, we hope you enjoy this episode. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, good whatever time of day it is. My name is James Irish. I'm joined as always by our card dealer, Chrissy Hardy. Welcome once again to Game Street Regulars, and today we are talking about some new card games. Now, we don't mean anything like collectible card games, like your, your Pokemon, your Magic Gathering, your and your whatever card game has not been suddenly dropped by its publisher due to its lack of sales. We're just talking about games you can play with another person using a standard Hi, everyone. 52 four-suite, or four-suit, rather, <laughs> deck of cards. <laughs> yes, yes we are. Now, we don't mean anything like collectible card games like your Pokemon, your Magic the Gathering, your Yu-Gi-Oh!, and your whatever card game has not been suddenly dropped by its publisher due to its lack of sales. We're just talking about games you can play with another person using a standard 52 four-suite, or four-suit, rather, (laughs) deck of cards. (laughs) Yep, and these are games that some of you may remember from your childhood. They may be even new games to you. The, they're they're pretty much just games. You just need a standard one deck of cards. I didn't I didn't add any two deckers, three deckers, five deckers. I'm looking at you, hand, knee, and foot. I kept it to very basic games, very quick to pick up. I will tell you, Bicycle Cards, their website actually also has um, all the rules for all of these games in case you kind of get lost in the rules here a little bit. But it, these are very basic games. I grew up playing cards with my family. Um, when we used to go up to Canada, we used to have an old log cabin up there that my grandfather built back in the early 1900s. And TV was, <clears throat> for lack of a better term, um, one channel. That's it. So you fished, you hiked, and you played cards. So I was exposed at a very young age to basic two-player card games and the one that i didn't i didn't add in today's list which was a big one was gin rummy and honestly gin rummy has so many variations that's that's a podcast all on its own so james i did teach you a few of these games which one did you want to start with well we should actually start right after this break perfect Right, Chrissy, let's start with something that I think people are going to have the most familiarity with, thanks to not only its commonality, but it being a cousin of the popular card game Uno, Crazy Eights. Mm-hmm. 
That's a good place. Most most kids, um, originally this was actually played by children with the deck that was left over from another card game we're going to talk about later, which is Euchre. So this actually came about in the early, kind of came in the 1930s. Uh, it actually went over under the name of Eights. Uh, it was updated to Crazy Eights back in 1940, um, and that was kind of derived from the U.S. military designation for discharge of unstable soldiers, known as Section Eight. Because you know, why not? Poor Klinger has still been trying grim. to book. Well, you know, Klinger is the most famous person bucking for a Section Eight. So, so it's not so much um, a game as as it is. It doesn't, it has rules, and the biggest rules is eights are crazy. And so, anytime that you kind of hit the end of the road of the of your cards as you're playing in turns, you could put an eight down and change the suit, just like the wild card in Uno. To play cards, you either have to match the suit on the card or the number. If you do not have either one of those or an eight, now you don't have to play the eight. And I am a big, Big, my nieces will tell you they cuss me until the day they'll cuss me out for this until the day I die. I hoard my eights. I save them. I will pick up many times from that deck. But if I have three eights in my hand, I am saving those puppies until the end, which they hate. So, when you don't have any of the cards in your hand, there's two rules with this. And here's the rules: one is you just pick up one card from the deck, and it goes on to the next player. That kind of keeps the longevity of the deck. Right. The other card, the other rule is you pick up the cards until you get something to play. I've played both ways. I prefer the one card rule because it keeps the deck going longer, which makes it fun. Um, but you can reshuffle the deck, which means so let's say you run out and you're if you're playing the way where y'all pick up cards, you pick up a card until you are done or until you get one you can take what's in the discard pile shuffle it back up and make that the new deck which can be very interesting and can carefully keep the game going long enough i think the longest game me and taylor and Haley played of this was i think almost two hours good heavens mostly because they realized i was hoarding eights so they started hoarding eights and that just made it very interesting the game ends as soon as someone empties their hand. When you have one card left, you kind of tap the card on the table to let everyone know you have one card left. Very similar to Uno and she's yelling out Uno. Here's some variations of the game because you can actually... Aries Eats is probably the easiest game to modify. You can put Jokers back into the deck and use the Jokers to reverse the direction of play. Okay. Another variation is um, you kind of take at you the twos in the game... You can play them at any time, and they become the draw two card. Okay, that's interesting. Yeah, and the queens, um, if you play the queens, you can actually force the person to skip their turn. See how it's getting to be a lot like Uno, people? Oh, yes. Now, this game is known by other names as well. One name is known as Switch. One name is known as Mau Mau. It's also known as Maku. And it's also known as Taki. Mm. And all come with their own set of rules. Oh, I've read to say when you start the game, you start the game with eight cards. Hence, right. the other part of Crazy Eights. Now, I taught, kind of taught James and John this game. What was it? Uh, Thursday? Thursday. 
Thursday. I taught them this on Thursday. Uh, what did you think of the game, James? I had a good time with it. It was yeah. free, nice, familiar, so easy to settle into. I should have started you with that, you two with that game rather than Euchre. <laughs> Euchre Euchre's a fun game, but it's it can be a lot. Yeah, I, I might have delved into the deep end, but, well, that's me. Nah, well, you actually did pretty good, too. You held your own once you, once you got an idea of what to do. Yeah, but don't forget, I'm the guy who started with Gemini Man in Mega Man 3. Fair <laughs> enough. Continuity exists, folks. It does. If you want to hear more about that, check out our Mega Man podcast so you can hear about James and how he started with Gemini Man which was not the best place to start in that game. <laughs> oh, all right. So from there, another game that everybody knows that we didn't play on, on Thursday, but it is a it is a great two-player card game. And the longest that I've ever seen this game go is literally four weeks. Not continuously, but it oh. was four weeks until I finally told my two friends I wanted my deck back because they took my card deck. And I ended it, and it was a tie. And I don't think Dino and Trevor ever forgave me for stopping the game where I did. Oh, and that dear. game is War. Otherwise known as High Card. Mm-hmm. Also known as Battle in the UK. It's a very simple card game. You split the deck in half, and the higher card wins. And the objective is to get all of the cards, which doesn't always end that way as we all know because those aces you'll never you can never beat an ace unless you lose it in a battle or also why it's known as war so when two cards have equal value we all know you put down three cards face down and then you flip the fourth card and whoever has the highest one on that one wins all of the cards which is one of the ways you can lose your ace most descriptions of war actually do not tell you what happens if someone loses all their card, runs out of card during a war. Some versions say, yep, you lose immediately. Some versions say, well, you just flip over that last card, and if it's higher, then you win all the cards. There is no real rules. There is argument of if this game is considered a game, just because there's no real choices in the game, and the outcome is kind of random. But I will tell you, um, this game can get very competitive, especially when you have two highly competitive people like my friends, Dino and Trevor. The story behind this four-week game of war was we were playing, we used to do musicals back in high school, and none of us were really cast as the lead. So there was a point in time where we would just kind of sit backstage and be bored. So we played a three-way war. Well, I lost all my cards to the two of them. So I would sit there and watch them because they refused to give me back my deck because they wanted to prove who's the winner. And there were times when Dino would almost be out of card and have an ace and then win all his cards back. And then there were times when Trevor was almost out of cards but have an ace and win all of his cards back. So this continued through tech week, performance week, and then two weeks into the regular school year, two weeks after the two post-musical weeks, and I had enough because I wanted my freaking cards back. So I took the cards count up and they each had 26 each. So I told them they both won and we were done. I've got some memories of playing this game with my late grandmother at my grandparents' place at Canisius Lake. 
when they'd be looking after me while my folks were out of town or doing something else. Mm-hmm. It's it's a very it's a very fun it's a fun game. Like if you're just truly bored, like this is definitely a fun game to pull out with another person because everyone knows the rules of war. But if you don't, like I said, Bicycle has some amazing uh, rules. Now they do. They may they cobbled they cobbled out some kind of rules. Like it's only maybe three paragraphs long, but it breaks it down pretty easily if you want to kind of check that one out. So what was the other one I taught you? Well, you did teach me euchre. I did teach you. Oh, I taught you spit too. Right. Oh, spit. Also known as speed. And slam. So there's not much known about the history of this game. <sighs> yeah. Uh, James did not realize how fast you... James actually... No, you picked up pretty quick how you have to be fast in this game. I was just You were just pooped. very slow at slapping the deck. I, I was, there was a what's freaking that? pooped. Fair enough. So spit is... You split the deck in half. Each player gets 26 cards. And then what you start with is you put down the top four cards on the table in front of you. And then at the same time, you and the other person flip over the, the next card in your deck. And what you're trying to do is place cards on either one of the two piles that is either the highest or the lowest of whatever card is showing. And your goal is you want to try to play out all your cards until you can't play anymore. And then you slap the lowest deck. So whichever deck in front of you that has the least amount of cards, you want to try to get that deck. As you flip the cards over, you say one, two, three, spit. And the game ends once one player has lost all their cards. This game reminded me a lot of a game I used to play with Justin and some of our other friends in college called Pounce. I think that's another variation of it. Yeah, and in Pounce, everybody had their own deck. Yeah. Um, there's a couple different ways to play this, too. Um, I usually play one card, four rows, one card up. Some cards, what they do is they'll do, they kind of set up the cards in front of you, like Klondike, Euchre, where you do stack one, one card up, stack two, one card down, one card up, stack three, two cards down, one card up, stack four, three cards down, one card up, stack five, four down, cards down, and one card up. And then you just kind of play through it like that. I prefer doing the four cards down because you only got two hands and this game right. is about speed. <laughs> so, so in the game, once no play, neither player can continue, like, so you throw one card down and you, and you start to work out your cards. And if you get to the point where both players can't play out any cards anymore, then you go one, two, three spit. And then you start another section. Well, like I said, the speed in the game definitely comes from uh, getting the cards down as fast as you can before your opponent can, and then slapping the smallest deck. And like I said, there's really no history to this game. Like, I was trying to look up the actual history for it. Um, like I said, there's it goes by different names. One is California Speed. But anyway, I, I couldn't find why it, there was a variation in that one. And the other one is called Nerds, which I kind of now want to call the game Nerds because that sounds so much fun to say. Okay. <laughs> Come on, wouldn't that be fun? Nerds. That is funny. That, that is funny. Yeah. I think I'm gonna. Call, I'm gonna call it that from now on. I'm sure Haley's gonna be like, "What?" I'm mean, like, I'm calling this nerds now. You deal with it. 
And the fun part about card games is when you're younger, it's actually a really sneaky way to get you to learn how to count. Oh, yes. Yes, that's that is a very good point. Like I I learned how to do fast counting in my head through uh, blackjack. That was the other game my dad was good at playing with us was blackjack and teaching us how to play blackjack. And we used to play with M&Ms. And to this day, whenever I play, like with my with um, my nieces, we play with M&Ms. Oh, you don't you do not want to do that with me. Why would you eat the M&Ms? Yes. Yeah, so do we. So don't even worry about it. <laughs> I'm gonna be honest. So do we. <laughs> Usually we're like, where's the where's the M and M's? We're like, nowhere. Um. So that that's actually kind of the fun. <laughs> yeah. So so we still have euchre to discuss, but let's save that one for last. What else did you have? So. You really want to go old school, old school? There is a game called Whist. Okay, as in the as in the a wrist on your arm. It's called. Well, it's spelled W H I S T. Oh, Whist. Okay. Whist. All right. So Whist is an interesting crick shaking card game that was played very widely in the 18th, 19th century. So 1700s to 1800s. It's very simple to learn it is very tough to master i still haven't mastered this game yet that's why i haven't taught you this one so real quickly to get the background of this uh whist is actually descendant of a 15th century game of trump or known as rough except whist kind of replaced a popular variant of it called ruffs and honor the game takes its name from a 17th century whist, meaning quiet, silent, and attentive, hence the root of the word wistful. So this was very much a big game. Edmund Howell, who actually started um, kind of his own card company, actually was one of the members of a scientific study using this game and began tutoring people about the game, and he wrote some treatises about it, which are still the words used to this day for the game so in this game you just need a standard deck of 52 cards pretty much the cards in each suit are ranked from highest to lowest ace king queen jack 10 9 8 7 6 5 4 3 and 2 you can play with four players but you can also play it with two i've played it with two before it's a it's not bad it's like euchre you know it's better to play with a partner but you can play with two so <clears throat> it work, works just like just like euchre does where the player to the left starts so um trying to remember if you play with all four all the cards or just a certain amount okay so it, you don't okay so you don't so you would play it you would you would actually take the cards and pass them out until each card player has 13 cards in their hand the final card uh, is flipped up but that belongs to the dealer, just like it does in Euchre. Um, and this is trumps. So what you do is then you start playing. That card stays up throughout the gameplay until it gets to the dealer's turn. And the dealer makes the decision if they want to pick it up or not. And then they make the choice. But that card that's flipped up, that's trump throughout the gameplay. And you just kind of start taking tricks that way. 
The side that wins the most tricks or the most rounds obviously wins a point for each trick that is won, uh, going up to about six. Okay. Yeah, so it's it's very interesting. Um, it's a very interesting game. It was used a great deal for gambling than anything else. It kind of leads into a little bit of bridge. Um, it's very similar to bridge. And here's the funny thing. There are a ton of groups in the United States where you can actually go and learn how to play these games. Oh, I believe it. Yeah. And there's different variations of it, too. So, and it's an interesting, it's an interesting old school game. Um, another, another old school uh, game, which my grandfather played, and I actually found one of my grandpa Harding um, came from England, and I actually found his cribbage set. And cribbage is another fun game you can play with two people, and the goal is 25. So the objective is to be the first person to get 121 points, but you're trying to get things to add up to 25 in the game. And then as you win rounds, you kind of get to move your, your little peg along the board. God, I haven't played cribbage in so long. My friend taught it to me once, and then I kicked his butt in the same game because apparently he didn't think I was good at math. Which I'm not. But I'm competitive. Sometimes so. that's all it takes. Yeah, he was a little ticked at me. He was an engineer, and he was like, how dare you beat me at this? And I'm like, uh, hi. <laughs> so that leads us to Euchre. And if you're in this part of the United States... The north, the, the north areas, you have probably played some form in this game, and you probably have played with someone from Canada or England, because this game is extremely popular in those two countries, and it's very popular in the northern United States. All right, so this one starts with just the cards nine through ace for mm -hmm. go, going up, you know, nine, ten, jack, etc. for each suit. For each soup. So while the adults are playing Euchre, the kids are playing eights. Because they would Not take the true. second half of the deck. So Euchre is probably one of the world's oldest card games. Dating back to the 18th century. It was believed to have originated in Alstasia, which in London. Uh, Alstasia was known as a sanctuary back in those days where criminals would gather kind of to get away from the law. They would play a game called Euchre Spiel, which was the name that Euchre was known before it became Euchre. It actually came from an older game called Umbri. That version, one of the oldest European card games ever known to man, actually was a three-player card game in the late 16th century, and then it kind of spread to Europe from gaining new names along the way. It is very popular uh, in Canada, New Zealand, and the U.S., in Britain, it's also extremely popular. In fact, if you go to the Cornwall area and you mention Euchre, please be prepared to get your butt kicked. Because they oh. take it very, very serious in the Cornwall region of England. So, Euchre is... You can play with two, you can play with two people. Uh, you deal the cards. Five to each person. And... In the game, the order of the cards depends on what is trump. That's where it gets a little tricky because you got to know your trump. You got to you got to kind of understand that. 
So, so you deal to the five. So you deal five cards to each person. You flip over the top card that goes in the middle. That is the dealer's card. Everyone takes a chance to order up the card, which means you want to make that trump. But the thing is, you don't get the card the dealer does. So you have to keep in mind that if you order the card up, that dealer gets that trump card. Okay. So if it's a bower, also known as um, the, the the jacks, they probably have one of the they have the most powerful card in the game in their hands. You got to remember that when you're when you're ordering up. If you're the dealer, you can also pick up the card too. You don't have to be ordered up. You can pick it up. But you got to wait till everyone else does their turn before you do that because. If there's one thing you don't do, you don't jump the line in Euchre. They get vicious. Suddenly I've got an old ACDC song going through my head that is not very family friendly, so I'm not going to sing it. (laughs) But if you want to Google it, people, you're more than welcome to. Naturally. Naturally. So then once, once Trump is settled, and there's two ways Trumps are settled. So if nobody wants to call Trump, or nobody wants to order it up and the dealer flips it over... And then nobody wants to call Trump. There's two things you can do. One, you take the cards back in the deck, and it goes to the next per- it goes to the player to the left, and they shuffle and and pass everything out. Or you can play the way that Jerry's cousin, nieces, and nephews play, which is called stick the dealer, which means the dealer has to call Trump. And I hate stick the dealer. Because it's a good way of getting euchred. And what euchre means in euchre is if you call Trump and you can't take three tricks and the other team takes three or more tricks, you've been euchred and that's two points. Mm. Yep. Ouch. It hurts. It hurts big time when you get euchred. A round ends when all five tricks are played out. If you've won three tricks and you called Trump, you get a point. If you call Trump and you won all five tricks, you get two points. If you didn't call Trump, but you won three tricks, you that's a euchre, and you get two points. If you play, and this is if you're playing with partners, it doesn't work if you're playing two-player, but if you're playing with a partner, and your partner calls going alone, which means he's going to take on the other two opponents on their own with what they have in their hand, and he wins, he gets five points. However, if he doesn't win all five tricks, but he at least wins three, he gets one point. And if he gets euchred, it's a euchre. All right. So when you play, and you call Trumps. Um, James, call Trump. Just pick a a suit. Club. Okay. So here's the order of within the clubs suit for Trump. It starts with the Jack of Clubs, which will be known as the right bower. Then it goes the Jack of Spades, which is the left bower. Then Ace, King, Queen, Ten, Nine. So that's where it gets a little iffy, because any other suit, it will be Ace is the top card, King, Queen, Jack, Ten, and Nine. So when Trump's called, the Jacks kind of get of matching color, kind of go to the front of the pack. There is some little tricks with this. The first one is you must, if someone throws down a ace of spades, you have a spade in your hand, but you decide to play, we're going to stick with clubs as Trump, you decide to play a nine of clubs on it, but you have a spade in your hand and you're caught, that's known as a renege, and that means you lost that round, and the other player and the other team gets two points. 
So you always want to make sure you're following suit. And if, then if you don't have suit, then you can throw trump or an offsuit. And that's a big one a lot of new players get caught with. You almost got caught with that too, but I stopped you. The, first, the very first round we played. Okay, yeah. If you're playing with partners, there's nothing known as crossboarding, which means you and your partner can't talk with each other about what you have in your hands. Um, a very obvious version of this is, wow, there's a lot of diamonds in the sky tonight when you're trying to call Trump. Hmm. Man, I need to get a spade to dig up my garden. Oh, did you hear about that guy that died in the back alley? They heard they clubbed him to death. Hmm. My heart belongs to you. And yes, I have heard that in Euchre when we played it back in high school. Okay, yeah, just... If you hear me play that outside the context of YouTube, I mean, I mean, outside the context of Euchre, run. Pretty much. <laughs> and like, a, Euchre, like I said, Euchre is very popular in Canada. And as I said before, my summers used to be spent in Canada in a log cabin with no TV. Which back in the 80s wasn't really as horrible as you would think it would be. We didn't have game systems back then. Nintendo really wasn't in our price range yet. So, like I said, you fish, you hike, you play cards. And in the cabin next to us was the Maple Becks. And they had several sons that my darling older sister and my older cousin, female cousins loved to flirt with. And one of the ways they would flirt with them was to play Euchre. And the Mableback boys loved playing Euchre with, with us because we were from America, which means any money we put down on the table was an American. Any money they put down on the table was Canadian. So when they would beat my sister and my cousins, they made bank because American money was worth more than Canadian money. Still is to a degree. And still is to a degree. Not, not to the degree it was back in, back in the 80s, but it is still to a degree. And... I used to remember my dad when I was growing up and this would happen. He's like, never, ever play Euchre with a Canadian with your own money. And I've always never understood. It. And then I realized later hearing the stories, I'm like, that's what he meant. He says, you play them with their money, Canadian money. Don't play them with your own money. Okay, I got it. But yeah, it's, um, it's very interesting. It's a very fun game. Um, there's tournaments. I'm actually going to be in a Euchre tournament on the 21st. Of August, I'm crazy because I'm doing it right after we move, but me. So, James, were there any uh, card games you used to play with your family growing up? To be honest, my folks weren't really that much into card games. Uh, you know, my, you know, when Dad wanted to play games, he'd sit down in front of the NES, and Mom just uh, rarely had the time since she worked nights. Hmm. We were saying when we were learning these games, um, you learned how to play poker. Yeah, that, that's mostly because we, when when I would play games with my cousins, I had so many cousins. Mm -hmm. We'd have to, you know, we'd have to just do something simple that everybody could participate in, and well, that was poker. Well, you can play poker as a two card game. All right. No. I never was really good at poker, so if you want to kind of explain the rules to everyone to poker, that'd be awesome. Okay. If you well, can remember it. <laughs> Here's me putting them on a spot. Your basic five-card draw poker game is just, you know, deal five cards to each player, and you 
look at what your hand is and you based on on the scoring ratio slash strength of hands you uh discard a certain number of cards if you want to and then you uh draw that same number and then you and then you start and then you start bidding based on uh how strong you think your hand is without showing it to the other player. Now, of course, bluffing is a big, big thing in this game, but, mm-hmm. you know, you know, a pair of face cards is the lowest possible scored hand uh, as far as formal hands go. You know, anything beneath that is just, you know, what's your high card? Uh, let me see if I remember the correct order of this. Following that, it's any two pairs... Or it's any three of a kind. I keep getting those two mixed up. But I know after that it's a straight, then a flush, then a full house, then it's a straight flush, then it's four of a kind, and then it's the royal flush, with you know the royal flush being ten through ace of the same suit. And of course, you know, a, a flush is all the all cards of the same suit, a straight is all cards of the same of the of numbers consecutive starting with two and ending with ace as the high card or some people use ace as the low card too you know there's myriad number of regional variants and rules variants to poker because it's such a popular game since it accommodates so many players and you know those are the basics now we're not saying y'all can run out to you know the casino and try this but Oh, good heavens, um, no. You know, but these are just some kind of card games you can play. If you're outside and you're just enjoying because it's summer, go ahead and enjoy the weather. Sit outside in the shade or something. Another card game you could play. Oh, this one. No, wait. I got to take this one back. You can't play this with two people. You definitely need three. But that's called It's I Doubt It, also known as Bullshit. <laughs> yes, yes. I have played this in college. Or if you're sitting in a church when you're playing this, monkeys fly out of my butt backwards. <laughs> We had a priest that was playing with us. We couldn't swear. Naturally. Of course, I think with, with Father Nukem, we could probably have gotten away with it because this was a guy who named his dog Damn It. Oh. So he could swear. Well, that's a. Uh, I wonder what the dog did to deserve that. Nothing. We just decided to call the dog Damn It, which was hilariously funny when you were in school and he. There, he at St. Cecilia's, they used to have the, the an elementary school in St. Cecilia's, which was parochial. So during recess, he let the dog out. And to really tick off the nuns that ran the school, he'd be like, come here, damn it. Sit, damn it. So here's us running outside. We see the dog. We're like, it's damn it. And you could just see the nuns like, no, you're not supposed to say that word. But it's the dog's name. <laughs> Father Nuka was an interesting guy. I can see that. <laughs> I have people who are like, oh my God, that's so horrible. I'm like, nope, he just had that kind of sense of humor. So, do we have anything else we wanted to discuss for these um, two-player games at the moment? Nope, not really. Um, hey, leave us a comment if there's a game, two-player card game that we talked about that we didn't talk about. Or share your memory, Or share your memories with us of your card games that you played with your family. Or if you didn't play with your family, you played at college. And in the meantime, don't forget that all the rules for these card games can be found at Bicycle.com or, or, you know, whatever the Bicycle Publishers uh, 
website is bicyclecards.com maybe it is let me check tell them about but tell, tell them about uh fc3 while i look that up okay we're actually going to take a short break while she looks that up so we will be right back with our fc3 info our this game in uh, this day in gaming history wow i'm tripping over everything and everything else see you in a moment Want to support the Irregulars? Head over to www.patreon.com backslash FC3ROC. We're part of the media division of Flower City Comic Con, based in Rochester, New York. We're a nonprofit group. Everything we make off of Patreon and everything else we do goes right back into putting on our future conventions and other events, from reserving the facilities to bringing in guests. If you pledge any amount, even a slim dollar, you will receive improved access to my blog entries, where every Tuesday I go over current video game news and write retrospectives on old-school arcade games, all delivered conveniently to your inbox. There's plenty of other perks and rewards, and if you don't see what you're looking for, reach out to the crew. They'll be happy to work with you. Want to get a hold of us in particular? You can email Christy directly at k-r-i-s-s-i at fc3roc dot org. And me at J-A-M-E-S at F-C-3-R-O-C dot org. At the moment, we're still working out most social media matters, but we are indeed on Facebook at Gaming Street Irregulars. Chrissy and I are fairly frequently there sharing news and things we find cool. And begging, I mean asking, for your questions and answers to be used in upcoming episodes. Yeah, asking, that's the ticket. We love hearing from you all, whether you have praise, constructive criticism, or just want to share something cool and gaming-related yourselves. Also, wherever you find FC3 on social media, we're usually not too far behind, so if you reach out to them with something for us, they'll get it to us shortly. Legally speaking, all music, sound effects, voice clips, and so on are the properties of their respective owners. We make no claim to them and have no intention of profiting off of them. Please don't sue us. We have nothing you'd want. All right, so if you're looking for more card games to play, rules of how to play them, and just articles or even custom printed cards, there are people out there who collect custom printed cards. I'm looking at you, Timothy Watts. Um, you can go to bicyclecards.com. Another really cool website to go to that actually has games for kids, if you'd like to uh, look up some children card games, is hoyleplay.com, and that's H-O-Y-L-E play.com and these are two websites by two of the biggest card publishers and, and card game publishers um in the probably in the in the western world and they have many different card games rules for the card games if you're someone who's interested in the history bicycle does a lot of really great articles about the history into it if you want to look at just how big some of these they get with these decks i mean they have some pretty interesting deck designs um, James got to see um, my it was the my Oracle deck from Bicycle as well as the Cthulhu deck. 
give you an idea of what I'm into. But they have, if you have an interest, they probably have a deck to match that. And it's just kind of really, they have a really cool website with all of the rules and all the variations of the rules too. So definitely check out their websites. Um, if you have little kids, definitely Hoyle. If you're an adult, definitely check out BicycleCards.com. Excellent. And now for today in video game history, on August the 4th was the Japanese release of Super Mario World 2 Yoshi's Island. Ooh, that's actually a really fun game. It is indeed. And that was one of the games that came out on the Super NES with the Super FX chip. I believe it was the second iteration of that chip, which had the side effect, unfortunately for Nintendo, of making it very difficult to emulate. So it, this game would be left off of various virtual console releases for years and years until just very recently. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, oh, was, and also... Oh, go I, ahead. I picked... Oh, and also, not to kind of here's here's one of here's our first tangent, but not really a tangent. Uh, playing cards actually got inducted into the Toy Hall of Fame in 2010, and I was part of that induction ceremony. Oh, nice. Yep, I was helping dress the queen of play, who was representing the queen on the car on the playing cards, and that was actually played by my friend Sarah Peters. Oh, cool! Very cool. So, if you get a chance, check out that clip. It's really cool. I worked hard on it. So, would you like a chance to play some card games with us? How about meeting us at Flower City Comic Con 6, The Search for 5, on September 25th and 26th at the Total Sports Experience in Gates. Yep. You can pick up uh, tickets on sale at FC3, at our FC3 website, um, which we'll probably have in the link tree. Also, um, if you want to, you can also make a donation if you can't make it. Um, but we will have a list on the website as well as a list of all of our special guests who will be coming in for it, as well as all of the events that will be going on. Um, and just come and check it out and help support, you know, us as well as if you come out to Gates, we also recommend going into the town of Gates itself and checking out a lot of the local businesses. Um, as we know, a lot of local businesses got hit pretty hard by COVID. So come support local artists, local businesses, and just have a great freaking time. Yeah, we hope to see you there. We hope to be there. Speaking of COVID, we are keeping a very close eye on the Delta variant. So as rules and regulations change per the CDC and the state of New York, we will adapt with them. Because as I keep emphasizing, your safety is our first concern. Yeah. And if you and don't worry if you don't want to come out because you're still concerned, we still love you. Yes, we'll, we will... We plan on being back next year, too, when hopefully things are further close to normal. <laughs> Cross your fingers, please. And people, remember to follow the CDC guidelines. If you can't get a vaccine, always wear your mask. And please do not fight with people when they ask you to wear your mask because they know you're not vaccinated. They're just trying to keep an eye out for you. Exactly. And on that note... For Chrissy Harding, I'm James Irish. Thank you so much for tuning in to Gaming Street Irregulars. And as always, deal on. Bye, everyone.